Get ready. Woo! We are on tour, and we're doing it better than anybody else alive. Welcome to the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunas. Hot, it's humid, it's Bermuda Greens, it's Florida, and the Honda Classic is a show favorite. Here we are at the Bear Trap after an exciting Genesis PGA National, the Champions Course. We'll play host to what should be an amazing tournament, and the cut line is here to break it down. The Bear Trap. Good, baby, very good. Hello Canada, hello USA, hello UK, hello Australia, hello Germany, Netherlands, hola Spain, hola Singapore. I want to give a shout out to Florida, Cali, New York, New Jersey, Nevada, Texas, Illinois, Indiana, and Ryan Kaiser. Still living it up in Minnesota, but we'll give you some love too. Guy's been smashing it lately, especially in those single entries. He's up about 5k at this point, give or take, right? I need you to get to the sports book, man. Triple that bankroll, but... The most gratitude this week goes to Stan's Wine. The birthday came and went, but today I received my Stan's Wine. Brewed in a basement, but tastes like you're in Napa Valley. So, delicious. All right, let's get this over with. You have to fill out a form just to throw something in the garbage? That sucks. Beavis, you're a stupid dumbass. Ass clown. Dumbass! You dumbass! You're a dumbass! Such a dumbass! You are a colossal asshat. Oh! No! I beg to differ! Oh dear God! You see, my name's Billy, and I just won King of the Ring, but there's one problem. Everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck! Your fiance is an asshat. He's not an asshat. Watch your language, okay? Oh, what language? Mr. Dumbass, I can bring a lot to dumbass and dumbass. I'm a go-getter. Dumbass material all the way. So, am I your man, Mr. Dumbass? Quick thing I want to mention here on the show, and I can't believe I'm still getting this question, so this is it. Hey, what are your picks this week? What are you playing? Who are your first round leader bets? Who are your outrights? What about your matchup parlay? Every time I get these questions and every time I have the same response, it's on the website. I have a website. So for you dumbasses out there that don't go there, pre-tournament, cutlinegolf.com, you jerks. Whew. I feel better. I feel better. This week's show is brought to you by Golf Kings, the newest, hottest NFTs out there. Process is simple. Join the Discord, and all the information is there. Last week, I cashed and smashed with a Neiman NFT, and I got paid out in cryptocurrency, which is still earning, by the way. And it's booming, boys. 
but there's still time before owning these things just becomes luck of the draw. Get yours today. Go to at the golf goons on Twitter, sign up for the discord. It's easy. It's a great community. I love it. Get there. I'm Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter and looking back at the Genesis. A lot of love going to Neiman because I had three outrights on him. 60 to 1. It was a good weekend. It was a really good weekend from the book sport. Okay, there's no bad or ugly when you have a weekend that I added a sports book and you get the cash from the NFTs. Yeah, it was good. It was good stuff. All right. So. Looking for the best NBA, NCAA, and NHL picks in the industry, the guys I trust? Picks Empire and Johan Sports God. Their website is rolling, and they are winning right now at nearly 71% a clip, which is insane. Simply follow at Johan Sports God on Twitter. Follow the link, sign up today, and get all the best betting content that you can handle. Now, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Honda Classic. We're going to do the best we can. Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. To make sure that you're cashing big on Sunday. In addition, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. The cut line is going to do what it does best. It's going to make sure that you're having cashing lineups, smashing lineups, winning lineups, and getting players that are lineups that have six of six players through the cut line. But you need that ownership leverage. And I know I'm going to be checking out Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. And even with my own personal ownership projections, the guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. So if you're not subscribed, very easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com. Type in the word cutline and you can receive 20% off your membership discount. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. Now, Devlin McGregor gave you ProVastic. The PGA Tour is giving you the Honda Classic. We stay and go to Florida. And we are just looking at a field that seems very weak compared to recent tournaments, especially looking at the last few weeks. But nothing, nothing is more important than the course breakdown and the course report. PJ National. The West Coast trip is over. PJ Tour heads over to the ever-so-fun Florida swing. And everything changes in Florida. The weather, the grass, the fact that these golfers nearly press reset no matter how well they were playing on the West Coast. It's a tad extreme, maybe. Yet there's literally different golf where every different skill set is put to the challenge. PGA National will host the Honda Classic and is renowned for the infamous bear trap. The three holes hold water, bunkers, bogeys, and heartbreak. Let's add one more element to the fold as golfers will be putting on Bermuda grass greens rather than the POA that we saw on the West Coast. Bermuda grass is tricky. Grass is grainy, and unless you actually played on it, the trick is understanding how the grain and the grass will affect your shot. Players will be forced with green direction that will create different putting speeds, different putting angles. You add undulation to it, it's going to be very difficult. Of course, even if the green is perpendicular to your putting stroke, it's all going to change. Now, while the course is over 7,000 yards in length, we actually see a lot of players clubbing down just due to the water hazards and clearly, precisely placed bunkers all throughout the course. Sticking with off the tee, if you're missing fairways, you're in a brutal, 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 brutal spot. There's a penalty for missing short grass as the rough tends to grow a little longer here, but the rough isn't the issue. No, the issue is the amount of hazards that are in play that can create the big number, but the biggest fact is that you need to be dialed in with your approach. It's easier to do that from the short stuff if you're hitting out of the rough. Not completely detrimental, but it's going to be hard to hit those pinpoint locations. 
Um, while that little tidbit won't be the main rationale for playing or fading a player, I am going to be interested in PGA Tours that are Florida residents. Okay, They play most of their casual golf in these types of playing conditions, and it's only going to lead itself to more consistency on these types of greens and out of the Bermuda rough as well. If you take a trip to Data Golf, you notice that the course history, though important, is not as drastic as we've seen in the past, like we saw last week at the Genesis, or that we would utilize at Augusta National. Um, but course history does play somewhat of a role. Of course, we couldn't forget one of the most diff difficult stretches and badass names of any three holes, and that's the Bear Trap, compromising of 15, 16, and 17, and becomes one of the most difficult on tour. In fact, it's ranked as the fourth hardest and since 2007, 1,600 golf balls have found water in the bear trap, and the stretch plays nearly seven strokes above par in its history. That's a daunting number. All right, 15 and 16 are dog legs, which require precision, accuracy, and waiting for you are water hazards, penalizing bunkers, and then, of course, there's the par three at the end, which is probably the most intimidating of the three holes. Players will see a tee shot that overlooks an entire lake, water, body of water, whatever it is, and... If they miss right, boom, you're wet. If you miss left, you're in a bunker looking at bogey or worse. DF lineup, DFS lineups, sports books, you're all in trouble come the 17th. Course is going to be different. A brutal scoring environment for any player that's in the field. It's going to be fun to watch, though. All right, weather forecast looking ahead. We got barely any wind all weekend long. No rain. Warm temperatures. Looks like perfect weekend for golf. A couple nuggets and tidbits. We already mentioned 15, 16, and 17, the fourth toughest of any three-stretch holes. All right, the combined score of the Bear Trap since 2007, plus 4,136. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Russell Knox leads the field in scoring at the Bear Trap. He's played a combined minus six during his time at the Honda Classic. So remember that when you're building your lineups, even first-round leader bets outright. So uh, got to utilize, utilize the fairway. Most approach shots, if you look at the approach shot distribution chart on cutlinegolf.com, from 125 to 200, majority of those come in that 175 to 200 range. Past winners, Matt Jones, Sung J.M., Keith Mitchell, of course, Justin Thomas. I'm looking at structuring an approach, ball striking, putting, scrambling, approach shot distribution, and bounce back. Similar courses that I like, TPC Sawgrass, Quail Hollow, Mirfield Village, La Quinta, and, of course, the U.S. Open rotation. But the question is, who are we going to be playing this weekend? He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. This is the Birdie or Better segment where we break down each tier of golfer. <laughs> I'm getting trolled on Twitter. Not specifically, but man. Hogard. My Hogard ticket. Yep. It's getting trolled. Random European player. Anyways, we are going to look at the top tier all the way down to the 6K range for DFS. We're going to start up here at this 11K down to $10,100. Sungjae Im down to Brooks Kepka. First of all, Sungjae up to 23-26% over at Fanshare Sports. Incredible course history, right? One here in 2020. Followed that up with an 8th place finish, but let's not forget that 51st in 2019. This course is a backbreaker. So just because we have elite course history here does not necessarily mean that Sungjae M is a must play. Now, if you feel that he's going to finish top 5, top 3, book him, lock him in. 
For me, I'm not going to play a chalk top-owned Sungjae M even in this weaker field. I'm not going to do it. Next is Usti. Usti coming in about 14 to 16%. Now, he typically falls flat on his face in difficult tournaments unless it's a major, typically, based on past experience, and really hasn't had the DraftKings scoring output here that I like to see. Coming in about 14 to 16% own. He's going to be another full fade for me here at this spot, even though he ranks second in my overall stat model. But he's good on he's good on Bermuda. He's great in approach. You look at PGA stats, the qualified stats that I'm counting in 2021, he ranks number one. Look at his course history, though. Missed cut in 2020, 24th, 21st. He's getting a lot of steam on Twitter. I would not be surprised if Usti becomes a little bit chalkier than he's coming in at. I just don't love the course fit here for Usti. Now, if we go down to the next three, Neiman, Berger, and Kepka. And here's my rationale. Neiman fits a lot of the criteria that we're looking for. He's a Florida boy. Obviously, coming off the win is huge. Suspect course history, and I don't really hate coming back to Neiman here, regardless of the win last week. A lot of people are not going to play him, thinking he can't win back-to-back. We've seen it done before on the PGA Tour. So for you to be that naive that that he's not an option, that's ridiculous. I most definitely will be rostering Neiman Berger now. So you're at the point with Daniel Berger is going to be chalky. So do you go light? Do you eat the chalk? Do you go full fade? Now, we aren't at the Billy Horschel level at ownership, who's going to be near 30%, but Berger checks a lot of those things that we like. He's a Florida boy, great putter on Bermuda, and can compete on tough tracks. A fourth-place finish last time he was here. So the last time he was here was back in 2020, right? Before that, 36, 29th, and a miscut. Was not here in 2021. You look at the PGA stats, he ranks number two in 2022 and all the things that we're looking at so that's that's ball striking approach scrambling greens and regulations strokes gain around the green everything you need to succeed here awesome off the tee great in approach but the thing is the last time we saw him he was bad with the irons and you got to be good here so overall stat model though number nine number nine overall second in the aggregate model i like burger i don't know if he's the chalk i would play in a single entry he seems like more of a mass multi-entry to me. The guy I would play in the single entry would be Brooks. Kepka coming in at the lowest ownership tier at just about 12%. Um, fits this course. Obviously, we know Kepka's resume. We know how great of a player he is. People are going to sleep on Brooks Kepka. Fine. He finished second here in 2019. I love the fact that he has two missed cuts here. I talked about this in the course report. I said... While course history has some relevance, it's not like before and where we were looking at like course history being one of the biggest proponents in very observant ways to measure success at a particular course. Kepka does not have that course history, but he does have the ability. Florida boy, again, checking the Florida box. Now, Billy Horschel's coming in at 30%. If that's the case, no thank you. Not going to touch you, Billy Ho, even at $9,600 going down to this 9K range. I'm curious, though, if he's going to fit the everyone is playing him, so I'll fade him narrative, and he ends up becoming like a lot lower owned and almost like a lower owned gem. It's really coming down to game theory, but I think of it this way, all right? Last week, Chalk Gooch burned everyone in single entries and cash. 
Now, memories could be short, and Billy Horschel just becomes the super chalk in single entries and everything else. But people might remember last week and say, no, I'm not going to run into that same buzzsaw that, that killed my lineups. No, thank you. I'm not eating chalk, which gives you some leverage. Keep your ear to the rail. There's could be opportunity here. Now, I love Shane Lowry at 9,400. Always plays tough tracks. And this is the type of conditions where Shane Lowry excels. We saw him win the Open Championship X amount of years ago. He might be Irish, but guess what? Shane Lowry lives in Florida. Okay. I don't normally give away these gems, but Lee Eldrick's course suitability metrics has him at number five. I got him number one in my overall stat model, four in my aggregate model, third in my confidence model. He's 17th in my approach model. All right. We don't have any qualified 2022 stats. But when we look at it in 2021, Lowry hiding in at number 17. So what's the deal? Why isn't he getting the popularity? Well, he just hasn't had that top 10 finish. And I think people are looking at course history and they're saying, well, why wouldn't I play Shane Lowry? Right. And I think that's the thing that that's really kind of casting people away from rostering him in their lineup. Lowry, I think, is sneaky. If his ownership stays down like we're seeing, it's it's most definitely an option for me. I'm probably going to be overweight, and that's maybe to get back to when he did win the win the uh, the Open Championship. But but regardless, if you if you saw him in Dubai, Dubai wasn't that long ago, January 26th. Lowry finished 24th. Okay, Abu Dhabi, Lowry finished 12th. So he's playing good good golf overseas. He saw him at the DP World Tour. He finished top 10, and that was back in November. So a lot of upside here. A weaker field like we talked about before. Um, but Lowry's in play for me, and and I'm going to roster a lot of him this weekend. Make or break, right? Make or break. So Norin and Wolf fit the fades of Billy Horschel and Keith Mitchell, who are both 20%, and you go to two guys that I think could play well here. Um First of all, Norin, of course, from Sweden, but Wolf from Florida. So we, we like the Florida kind of concept. Norin's never won on tour. Matt Wolf was won once. Um, we talk about like age differences. Norin's 39, Wolf's 22, right? Um, so big time difference there. But here's the thing both of these guys compete on tough courses. In my advanced average style projections model, Matt Wolf ranks 21st. Norin ranks 39th. Scroll over to my confidence model. Norin is 31st and Wolf is 21st. This is a heartbreakers course. It's going to take chalk and turn your lineups upside down. You want to play Billy Horschel? Fine, but understand the risk and the bear trap and everything that is this course and how it just eats golfers alive. I am going to roster Alex Norn and Matt Wolf if this chalk stays up on Billy Horschel and Keith Mitchell. I might even, in turn, if I can find a number I like, bet Matt Wolf. I don't think Norn can win, but I, I don't mind the first-round leader bet if you get him at a good number. Yet, yet still, you look at their course history, Matt Wolf, 58th. No one wants to roster that. Look at Alex Norn, 46th, missed cut in a third, but everyone's thinking it's Alex Norn. Why would I pay $9,300 for Alex Norn? And I get it. Come on, man. Look, look, course history. Disregard that. Let's look at recent form at the Genesis, 48th for, for Norn. Sixth at the WMPO. 
39th of the farmers. And I know I, I made references to the fact that we can't compare really that West Coast swing to the Florida swing, but we're different grass, different style of golf, everything like that. But hey, you know what? I, I think they're two solid pivots from Horschel and Mitchell who are going to be chalky. Now we're heading over to the fun 8K range where Mito is becoming ever so popular on Twitter. And pretty soon the sports books are going to change his betting number to where it is unbettable. Fits the course. I have no doubt about that. I am concerned about his ownership blowing up. Everyone's talking about him. Everyone's saying it's a Mito week and I get that, but mm -mm, not gonna. If that ownership keeps jumping and right now, I think the last time I ran ownership, it went from seven to 12 it's probably going to get up to 18, 19% potentially, but we'll see how things unfold. Patrick Reed, I'm sorry, man. Till you get rid of those PXG clubs, not going to buy it. Now, I get it as an MME play, probably like less than 5% owned. It's Patrick Reed. We know the history, but ugh, it's been bad. It's been bad. So looking at him, though, it, you know, you got a miscut at the Genesis, 46 at the Farmers, 55th at the Amex, second at, 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 all the way back in uh, at, it, it was at the, um, or third at the Hero. That was it. Sorry for studying. But uh, third at the Hero, um, one miscut here. So people just aren't going to roster him. You look at his 2022 stats, and we'll, and we'll look at those weighted compared to the field. He ranks 108th. So there is some positive regression due. I will roster him in my MMEs, uh, but beyond that, I'm not going to have much of Patrick Reed just to match the field, I guess. Cameron, Cameron Young, obviously last week, second place finished just behind Joaquin Neiman, uh, 24 years old, has two Corn, for, Corn Ferry Tour wins in 2020, gets a tour exemption this year because he's top 50 in the two wins. Second to the Genesis, so right here comes the followers. Like, why can't this guy do, you know, great here? Um, again, young golfer, inexperienced golfer. I tend to avoid these guys when they're kind of chalky and they're well-known. But even looking at his 2022 weighted stats, he's only 43rd in the field and what we're measuring, never being and played here. He's coming in good, though. Like, he's in great form. Second, 26th, 20th, 40th miscut. So it's like three straight top 30 finishes, two top 20s, one top five. Cam Young, not a bad option, but again, coming in 13 14%, where I think you could go to, like, Johnny Vegas and get a little bit different type of a play for a little few points lower in ownership. Usually we see Vegas in the 6K range. So immediately we're hesitant in rostering him. But... The fact is he's striking the ball, ripping the ball real well right now in 2022. Average finishing position of 30th place at this tournament. And the amazing thing so far about Vegas, he missed a cut at the American Express. And at the WWT, the, the Worldwide Technology Championship. That's it. Other than that, you're looking at 39th. 55th you know a typical Johnny Vegas style but this is a guy who's been around he's played a lot he's 37 years old Vegas has three wins on tour believe it or not three wins on tour so I think he's most definitely in play but Texas boy so if you're concerned really about those residences 
Texas boy. Aaron Wise, the broomstick putter. He lives in Florida, fits the mold. Going to be chalky again, 16 70%. He's like one of these guys that people are just beating their head with a hammer on. And I cannot roster him. I, he just burns people badly. So if you want to roster Aaron Wise, by all means, go ahead. Me, no way. Last three, I want to mention this 8K range. Woodland, Knox, and Bez. First of all, Knox is high risk. All right, if you are considering course history as an option, he's high risk. Four out of five missed cuts, and the one time he made a cut, 51st. But his game translates so well here. At least it should, right? He's a great ball striker, great on approach. Um, it's just he's an abysmal Bermuda putter. So you're really hoping he can put that together. Um, looking at PJ stats, the three of these guys, Woodland, Knox, and Bez, 35th, 5th, and 31st. And the thing I love about Gary Woodland, he, he's coming off that injury. I keep talking about this narrative, and I want to buy into it. I'm going to buy into it. I bet him as first-round leader. I bet him as an outright this week. He's coming off a miscut at the WMPO. He looked terrible there. I know he looked awful off the tee, but you're clubbing down here. You're clubbing down, and he gets to play that solid approach play. He has the ability to score. He's decent enough on Bermuda Greens. 32nd in my overall stat model, of course, Bezudinhut. Bezudinhut. Come on, man. Who doesn't want a piece of Bez? South African. So he can plays plenty on the Bermuda grass greens. 31st in terms of the weighted stats in 2022. Never played here before. I'll take a first-time winner out here. Missed the cut last weekend. So what? Reduce that ownership, right? That's the best part. All three of these guys, sub 10% ownership at the moment. Everyone above them? Double digit with the minus lone exception of Patrick Reed. That is what you're looking at at the 8K range. You talk about heartbreakers, Gary Woodland, Russell Knox, and Bez are all heartbreakers that you need to roster this weekend. You get different. You get immediately different from the chalk. Pricing's weird. Accept it. Accept that these guys might be overpriced, underpriced compared to what you normally see, but take it and run with it. Take advantage of the ownership leverage. So we entered the 7K, 6K range, and God, it's painful. Like right away, you go to 7,800, and you're hit and hammered with Denny McCarthy. And of course, Denny McCarthy's popping in people's models. He's a scorer, but he sucks at approach. You look at PJ stats. There are things you like about him because he's a ball striker, but he's, again, he sucks on approach. Three miscuts, but of course the third place finish in 2021 is drastically driving his ownership. Like, are people really just ignoring the three miscuts prior to that? Really? Okay. Okay. You go ahead. You do that. Taylor Moore and Ryland Palmer, though, at 7,900, are way cheaper. Or, I'm sorry, way lower owned, not cheaper. It costs more. He's 7,800. So, fit in terms of where I'm looking at, at, at the course metrics, Ryan Palmer specifically, 29th in overall stat model, 13th in my confidence model, 6th in my aggregate model, Taylor Moore, 29th in my aggregate model. Both are better approach players than Denny McCarthy historically. Now, of course, both aren't coming in the greatest form. Ryan Palmer, last time we saw him, abysmal at the Genesis. Taylor Moore obviously coming off the 21st place. 
But we look at course history, Ryan Palmer has an average finishing position in the top 20, yet most people are going to Denny McCarthy because they saw him finish in third place last year? Come on, man. Come on. I get that he's from Florida. I get that you want to roster him. But come on. Palmer has four wins on tour. McCarthy has zero. Ryan Palmer has four wins on the PGA Tour. Denny McCarthy has zero. And you guys want to roster Denny McCarthy. Next, we're going to mention one you're not going to like, K.H. Lee. I know we all love him. C.T. Pan. We love C.T. And, of course, we're going back to Ricky Fowler. Ricky's finally home, right? We're back in Florida. We're back on our Bermuda Greens. Hopefully, we figure it out. Ricky Fowler, of course, five-time winner on PGA Tour. K.H. Lee, C.T. Pan, they both have won on tour. Worry, I, I don't worry about C.T. Pan, but I do kind of worry about K.H. Lee. I do kind of worry because his approach game has been so bad lately. Like it's been so off. We had we had the first round leader, don't get me wrong, and, and and I loved it. But his approach game, he's been getting away with it because he's been on the West Coast. You can't do that here. You have to be pinpoint and accurate. So Ricky is obviously the ultimate GPP play. First miscut, second miscut, 65th. So by all regards, if we're following that pattern, we're due for a miscut. Uh, CT Pan, kind of same thing. 37, 17th, miscut, miscut, third place. I still love that. CT Pan finished third place last year. He's not getting any love, but Denny McCarthy is. Denny McCarthy's getting the love. Right? CT Pan finished ninth last week, top 10 did. And he's getting zero love right now. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. You guys are going to play that Denny McCarthy putting narrative. Ah, that's it. Can't do it. It's coming back. Next guys I want to mention, Michael Thomas, Chris Kirk. I think both guys are solid options, but then we're going on to Lucas Glover, Grayson Sig, and Aaron Ray. I might fade Sig just because I bet him, and a lot of people are talking to him. His ownership's going to be kind of high. I think we are eventually going to get to double-digit ownership if people keep talking about him and wanting to roster him. Um Glover, of course, four-time winner on tour. Who doesn't want to roster a piece of that? Everyone loves the glove. First-round leader bats all the time for Glover. Um, thing I like about him in the PGA stat final this year so far, all three of these guys, Glover, Sig, and Ray, 20th, 15th, and 21st. You look at Glover's course history, 21st, 17th, 4th, miscut, and 19th. Now, course history does play somewhat of a role here, but again, not incredibly highly weighted. Next guys I want to mention, Viegas, Garrick Higo. Higo is not loved. It, he's kind of like one of those polarizing options, right? He's either going to win or he's going to get smoked. So we'll see how ownership shakes down if we're going to roster him for sure. But Viegas, who's won here before, four-time winner on tour, he's most definitely an option. Loves playing here. We are well aware of his course history. The problem is he's 40 years old. 40. His approach play has been abysmal lately. Still fits the course, though. Still fits the course. Eighth place last year. Um, a little bit riskier. Sam Ryder, Brendan Steele. I still have some interest. Hudson Swafford, Smalley, and Streelman. I think those are all some risky plays that you guys want to attack here in the low 7K range. So going to the 6K. Oh, last one, Adam Svensson. I think he's going to get talked up and hyped up. There's no doubt in my mind, but still. Um He's part of the high-risk kind of options. Now, going on in the 6K range, 
people are looking at their models and there are only a few guys that really pop here because of limited data. So that's like Doug Gim, Kramer Hickok, Lee Hodges, Smotherman, Lipsky, Sloan, right? Dylan Wu is popping like crazy. So you got to kind of read in between the lines. Like who do you want to roster that of those guys that maybe you want to go a different route? And two guys I have interest in are Hank Le- Leviota and Bryce Garnett. <laughs> Look, Hank Leviota is risky. Two missed cuts in 70th place. Bryce Garnett, two missed cuts, 11th and 25th. But again, low ownership leverage play that I think you need to take advantage of. We talked about Roger Sloan, 25th, missed cut, 30th. And I think that's what a lot of people are going to do. They're going to look at the course history here and try to go and roster these guys. Like you look at Lee Hodges, Smotherman, people may stay away because they just haven't played here. So Doug Gim, Doug Gim pops in the model, two missed cuts. But again, who knows when Gim Reaper is going to show his nasty head and this would be the one that he wins. He would do that to everybody. He would. He would do that to everybody. So. Other guys I'm interested in because of their ability to play on difficult courses, like someone like Austin Cook always brings it. Brian Gay, he brings it on, 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 on tough courses. Saying you'll know, Chris Stroud, Willie McGirt. If you guys really want to reach kind of far. Uh, beyond that, Grayson Murray. Grayson Murray has piqued some interest, but we'll see if I have to get that far. But the question is, who can we not play this weekend no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no 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 hell no can't do it so this is the cut lines signature segment we haven't had it back for a while can't do it won't do it Players that are going to be getting double-digit ownership that we can not roster in our DFS lineups. And this comes in the 8 and 7K range. Our two can't do it. Aaron Wise and Denny McCarthy. You guys have heard already how I feel about Denny McCarthy. Three missed cuts in the third place, but you're still going to roster him. Fine. You're looking at his terrible approach play. Go ahead. This approach style course. He's not on fire right now. He's missing greens like crazy. Aaron Wise, same problem. Needs to figure it out. He can take that broomstick putter style and take it back to wherever he wants. I am not going to jump on these trains. Double digit ownership. Can't do it. All right, let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the cut lines breakdown on the Honda Classic. Join us next week as we break down the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill, one of our favorites. Special thanks to Fanshare Sports. Special thanks to Golf Goons and Johan Sports Group at Picks Umpire. All right, smash it, cast. See you at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday. Go and get it.